Blog Talk Radio. How you doing, brother? 
Man, I'm doing fantastic, especially after the technical difficulties last week. My God, huh, that was rough. But before we get started, man, just a brief housekeeping. Um, I'm, I'm not working with HBCU Game Day. It's HBCUSports.com. I knew it was one of those. <laughs> I knew it was one of those. I mean, no disrespect to the homie Stephen Gaither and 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 Tali over there at HBCU Game Day, man. I, I respect everything that they do. They got a great product. Brian Simpkins, who's a contributor that's out of the D.C. area, um, but they do fantastic work, man. I love what they do. But you know, unfortunately, um, I, I don't work alongside them. But I, you know, as a peer of theirs, you know, I, I most definitely give them the props for everything that they're doing in terms of HBCU sports coverage. Cool, cool. That's good stuff. Hey, man, because last week, when you mentioned last technical difficulties last week, and we might as well get to us as we're going to talk a little bit, a little initially baseball since you're a Braves fan. With the mm-hmm. name changed to your Washington team, now officially known as Washington football team, I was going to say that you're making Washington – Team football and have the initials WTF. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I saw the new designs of Washington football team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it looks like you know, it looks like the Cleveland Browns officially with the numbers on the helmet. Still skipping the burgundy, burgundy and gold, of course, color scheme. Um, we talked about what I felt about Danny Boy Snyder, the owner. I'm thinking I, I just pretty much thought it was like he did it out of money. I mean, I think it's obvious to everyone that they did it out of money. Uh, Agreed. Because he's going to completely agree. A lot more of it. But let me ask you this, man. What's the feeling? I'm not going to spend too much time on the topic. I'm going to talk about more with the Braves a little bit with the MLB. But mm-hmm. what are you? What do you have any idea? Does there is any rumblings in your beloved DMD of what the new nickname? Might any 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 rumblings? Uh, for the past week, it's actually been a little quiet. Um, you know, people are more excited about the Nationals uh, with, with, you know, the World Series uh, champs from last year and the MLB season right. starting and NHL being on the cusp of starting and actually training camp for the uh, Washington football team getting ready to, to, to begin, too. The name, the discussion about the name has kind of been relegated to the back especially with the decision to hold off the name is going to be for about a year. Um, but the last time in which the discussion was had, um, a new name was starting to bubble up in, in, into the ether. I can't remember exactly what the um, – because there was, there was some sort of rumbling about Daniel Snyder and potentially um, holding right to uh, a website name. I need to get more detail on, on that. Don't hold me on that completely. But another name sure. that has popped up has been the Sentinels. Yeah. And more so because yeah. of the military uh, association, of course. But, yeah, that's right. a name that's been, been discussed a lot more recently. But, of course, um, I think like the last time I spoke with you, the other names that, that have been said heavily that are still in rotation, um, of course, are the Red Wolves, the Red Tails, the Warriors. Yep. Um, those seem to be that are in heavy circulation right now. But Sentinels has been the one that has been 
discussed a little bit more than it has been in the past, if not at all. And then, of course, the possibility, and this is just a super reach, the possibility of Daniel Snyder going out and purchasing the rights of the now defunct Washington Valor, which was the Arena Football League team, or potentially. Uh, Are you serious? Going medieval? He's really going uh, a medieval on him? The Valor? Uh, well, maybe not as much medieval, because, you know, the, and I guess that's the one thing I would hope that they would stay away if that was a choice. But, of course, that is a, a super Mr. Fantastic Robert Reed's reach here in terms of the Valor. But, you know, they were more so on another military vibe. That whole color scheme for them was red, white, and blue, and it was very Patriot-esque. And that is something right. that I know a lot of fans of the region would love to do, to go ahead and try to have that Pittsburgh vibe of having a lot of, having the majority of the team yeah. Yeah. having the same, yeah, the same scheme. And that's not anything. It, it would be okay, but I don't know if I necessarily want another red, white, and blue uh, team in the NFC East. That's something that, you know, in, in terms of a traditional red, white, and blue, yeah. something that I would stay away yeah. from. But, yeah, you know, it was one. And then D.C. Defenders was another because, of course, with the the XFL now being defunct and them selling away the rights to all of their stuff. But my guess is whoever gets involved with that XFL stuff, is going to be someone who buys the entire lot as a whole and not uh, things individually. Well, I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to stay longer than this. I'm trying to promise myself. I'm trying not to break my promise. Mm-hmm. It's been, like I mentioned last week, you know, Miami University, like I'm, we're, I'm like not, I'm like maybe 30 miles south of Oxford, Ohio, uh-huh. where you got the Miami of Ohio. They used to be called the Redskins yes. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now they're the Red Hawks. They've been the Red Hawks since as long as I, I remember. But, I mm-hmm. mean, it's not – I say that because you mentioned – I think you mentioned Red Hawks earlier – that mm-hmm. it's not unprecedented, you know, that we go from that one R word to the, to, to the Red Hawks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, plus it's, it fits the same nomenclature, like hail to the Red Hawks or hail to the Red Tails. Or even hell to the Sentinel. I don't know. But, you know, the point is they wouldn't have to <laughs> change. They, they wouldn't have to alter the fight songs much. It's the same kind of – with Red Hawks and Red Tails, the same nomenclature almost. But at any rate, And that was one of the things that was tossed around as well is the fact that, you know, the, 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 the team holding on to HTTR and not necessarily changing the fight song much was something that right. was – hoped for by the fan base. It's not necessarily anything that was necessarily said by the front office, but something that had been discussed mm-hmm. heavily by the fan base. Well, I would say this. Your team reportedly wants to hang on to the burgundy and gold color scheme. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that would mean that I think like potentially Sentinels would be out, maybe Defenders as well, because they're more of a military thingy. Maybe mm-hmm come down between the Red Hawks and the Red Tails, uh, maybe Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even though, even though they want to stay away from the Native American thing. But yeah. uh, still, I, 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 I think that, um, I, I, like, 
I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be out of Red Hawks or Red Tails. That's one thing. It's going to be out of one of those. I, I think I may have just, told just, you about my disdain for both of those names, even though they are kind of cool names. Um, and also, back to the Warrior thing real quick, it's not necessarily primarily a Native American thing because anyone who gets involved in war is a warrior, you know, So or anyone yeah. involved in a fight is a warrior. So that can be right. used any litany sure. of ways. And then one color scheme I was thinking about, because I was like, you know what, then that's why I said traditional red, white, and blue. There is a way to do a color scheme for those that understand color theory, with, you know, burgundy being a shade of red, you know, you could use a shade of blue or darker blue, in my opinion, and that gold being that they're all primary colors and they do go together. God, I'm sitting here being a design nerd here. Oh, my God. But, you know, that's what I do. Um, there is a way to pull off that color scheme of red and blue just in a very darker hue that, that that could work, but I would stay away from it because of the fact that it would be slightly complicating, you know. And but uh, like I said, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to nerd out design wise with that conversation. I digress. I don't. Even, I'm mad that I even brought it up. But yeah, the it whole red tail thing. Understand theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I didn't want to go color theory on y'all, man. I'm just, uh, yeah, this is crazy. Hold another conversation for another time. But, yeah, as right. a fan organization, I don't want red tails because, of course, I don't want to have to hear about anyone, especially in the division, the fan base, or the, uh, anyone else in the division talking about something, yeah, we whipped them tails, or we whipped that tail, yeah. or with the uh, the red <laughs> wolves, they start getting beat, they start howling like a dog that's getting beat. Those are two things I want to stay away from <laughs> as a fan of the organization. I don't want it. I don't. And, 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 and like I said before, I I like the names, but those are two heavy negative deterrent for me for those two names. I, those are two things I would stay away from drastically. But yeah, let's continue. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm sorry I had to go in that no, tirade. Ah, uh, no worries. The color thirty one on one with with Professor Dwayne Nash. Um, figure <laughs> keep it with the American. <laughs> Keep it, keep, it, keep it with the Native American thing. Let's go. Let's say we're in the baseball since we got we're the miss of this restart in baseball. Doesn't mm-hmm. it feel good to have baseball back? I mean, I like it baseball. Does. I never was truly in love with it per se, even though I'm a long time Yankees fan. But it feels so damn good to watching baseball because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, I'm just so tired of watching reruns of games from years past. You know what I'm saying? I'm just so happy to have. Real live sports in a major sport in this country. I'm so <laughs> freaking glad. So with that being said, let's talk about your brain since you were, since again keep with the Native American things. Now we're on Major League Baseball. They're getting, they're going away from the tomahawk chop, which thank God they are. That's found out to be annoying. Not only is a little bit racist, <laughs> but very annoying. Um, but they're keeping the Braves name now. Mm-hmm. Two schools of thoughts with this, bro. First of all, the term "brave" is not a, and it's not an official term. I think we, most of us, would agree on that. Um, it just goes to the same theme, though. We talk about Native Americans, like the culture is like I'm not your hashtag. I'm not your mascot. Mm-hmm. Kind of deal. So, uh, being that you a longtime Braves fan, 
Um, and I know plenty of Braves fans here in Cincinnati, too, uh, particularly with a couple of few in-laws. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Do you think they should change the name? Uh, and we'll get to Cleveland in the, we'll, we'll get to the Cleveland Indians in a second, but do you think they should change the name, or do you, as a fan, do you like it the way it is with them getting rid of the Tomahawk Chop? Now, if, if there's a way for them to go around the whole concept of it being attached to Native American, um, and then do so. But if they're going to do that, that means they need to get rid of the, the Tomahawk that's on the uni and their uses of the Tomahawk within their branding. Um, I wouldn't mind it, but my God, what was I thinking about as a child where, you know, of course I'm a, a, a fan of the Washington football team. I became a fan right. of the, 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 the Braves and baseball. And, you know, during my, my childhood, even though the Maryland Terps were, were okay, you know, they weren't necessarily talking about the Terps here in the area. So when I first started heavily yeah. getting into college football, I became a Florida State Seminole fan. So you can imagine <laughs> the type of conversations I, I've had to listen to and deal with as a fan of, of, of those organizations about how like negative the name and the imagery are for all three of those yeah. organizations, man. And I'm like, wow, I, I didn't realize that. You know, I, I started the first hearing back in 1991 and have been listening to it ever since. So as it comes with the Braves, man, you know, I've, when I first started hearing about the Tomahawk Chop, I was like, yeah, it's kind of passe to be doing that now. I don't even know why they're still doing it in 2020, why it's even a conversation for them to be doing it. You know, it's also done in Kansas City. It's done in Alcorn State. It's done in Florida State. It's still being done. And then I'm, it still boggles my mind that it's still being done. But, hey, if, if they can go ahead and, 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 and get away from that, cool, if they had to change the name, if they could become the Atlanta Braves and still keep the color scheme and get rid of the Tomahawk, cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed. I, I'm, uh, uh, I, was, I was just reading about how a local writer was saying about, you know, his, his love for the, the, the area football team. And it was a photo of him wearing the burgundy and gold starter jacket as a kid and loving the team, but also understanding that times change. And, and, and you sometimes you just have to let go, but you don't let go of the memories. Same thing as it pertains to Atlanta Braves, man. If they have to change their name, so be it. I'm not going to sit here saying way I didn't do with the Washington football team and cry and hissy fit about it. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, they they have the name that they have. If times have to change and they have to make a change, they make a change. But I'm a fan of the organization. It's 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 fine with me. I'll be good. Yeah, I I understand. Um, yeah, I, like I said earlier, bro. I it's so delicate. You know, I understand. You know, I can imagine. I don't want anybody making the mascot of my culture, of our culture. Yeah. No, that's a hell no. That's not a no. That's a hell no. That's a non-starter. So I just think that people need to be more sensitive to mm-hmm. that. And yes, I mean, given especially our nation's history, we're we're pretty much neutering Native American spirit. You know, I mean, go back in history, right from the founding of this nation, this great nation. 
you know, how it was built. And we could have a whole podcast on how racism played a huge role in establishing this country anyway. But, again, that's a mm-hmm. two or three or four-hour podcast in and of itself. But there were multiple parts on top of that. But the point being is that the Native Americans, they don't have a big voice. So which is why I believe that professional sports and college sports, sports and high school sports in general in this country, they've been getting away for years and years and years of using Native American imagery as mascots, mm-hmm. the culture as a mascot. That's just not right. Um, same, same thing could be said about the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. Even at least Cleveland has openly been speaking of wanting to change names. Mm-hmm. But we don't know the time of what they get. I mean, because they got rid of, which I thought was a big step, was get rid of that racist-ass Chief Wahoo caricature of yeah. the logo, going back to the Block C. And that was a big start, a uh, big first step doing that. Because they used to do that back in the day in the 50s, too. They had the Block C on, on the hat. Yeah. Larry Doby company. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, the um, what's the manager's name? Um, he used to manage the, the Red Sox, now manages the Indians. But anyway, he's been openly saying that his nickname is Tito. Uh, he, 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 he's he been openly saying that they should change the name. They being the Indians should change the name. And mm-hmm. many others wanted organization would change the name. So, I mean, it's again, this racial, this racial awakening that we've been experiencing since George Floyd's murder, man, it's, it's done a number. Whether it's socially in, in sports. I, again, I know most of it centers around money, uh, particularly when it comes to the Washington football team, but still. Mm-hmm. When other organizations come out and say they're going to look at it, um, that's something else, too. Now, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, that's another that's something else, too, but still. And the sports state Seminoles, and, you know, hell, the Syracuse should be called the Orange, but now they're the Orange. So, anyway, I'm getting yeah. too much off talking. That's one of the I'm sorry, the uh, Major League Baseball restart. So, uh, it, it's been great. Again, it's been great. My Yankees are doing well. Um, they're whooping some ass right now on, on the uh, Phillies. Uh, it took your, they took your hometown Nationals to open the series. Yeah. Um, so far, so good in general, except for those damn Marlins. It leaves a mark to the Marlins to fuck up everything. I mean, first of all, they took this great city of Miami to the cleaners, building that stadium in, in Little Havana, right? Mm-hmm. They took them to the cleaners. And then had the nerve to sell off their best parts. They've been doing that for, for, for the past couple of decades, after they, particularly after they won World Series. And can you believe oh, yeah. the Marlins organization two World Series wins? This is not even fair, but... Anyway, so <laughs> not only do they have like widespread cases of COVID, like the, I think fourteen last week were reported. Now we're three or four more. Mm-hmm. Every report of coming down with COVID. From what I from what I understand, I heard that they knew that and didn't tell anybody. I think somehow, some way, it came out. Um, but anyway. I'm sorry, no, no, the Yankees are beating the Orioles, not the Phillies, the Orioles, because the Phillies series was canceled. So they had to, yeah. we had to play the Orioles instead. Um, but do you think this would threaten Major League Baseball? I don't think it will. I'm hoping that it doesn't. But um, what, do you, like, uh, what do you think? See, that's a great question. Um, my hope is that it doesn't. Um, 
and, and one thing that has been said by many of a uh, 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 person smarter than I uh, is that luckily it is the Marlins because it's an organization that nobody caring about. It's not a team that is looked as as being a contender for this year. And if it was another organization like the Yankees, like the Nationals, like the Phillies, the the Rays, um, even the Braves, you know, Boston, Houston, if it was one of those, the Dodgers, if it was one of those organizations, and they came down with 14 people, well, at, at, at least 16 people within the organization coming down with COVID at one time, Oh, it, it, oh my God! How how interesting would that be, and how interesting right. would the commissioner deal with this situation? Because the way, like, I've been hearing people say that the the Marlins should just go ahead and just bring up fifteen people from their taxi squad and just go ahead and keep on playing. How simple would that be if it was a contending team for them to go to say go ahead and do it? Oh, no, they will rethink that heavily. And then the thing is also that uh, such a matter that's come up in conversation is my guess is that you have heard that the Nationals did not want to go down to Miami to play, not because Mm -hmm. of the, the, the players popping negative, I'm sorry, popping positive, but because Miami is in a state that's a hot spot. My question to, to to that is, what's your threshold on where to and where not to go that is considered a hot spot? The majority of the cities on the East Coast are hot spots. Someone could very easily say, oh, well, I don't want to go to D.C. because it's in the top ten of the cities in the nation that are hot spots. I don't want to go to, to New York because they were once a hot spot. I don't want to go to Houston because Texas is a hot spot. You know, I don't want to go to L.A. because California is a hot spot. Where is the line drawn for that situation? You know, it's something that the commissioner is really going to have to get a hold on within the next couple of days, especially before it pops up on a contending team, because that's something that you really don't want. Because if it does, you probably are. Now, I know there's some people out there who are thinking that every that there's a lot of people out there that are being negative on on sports starting during the pandemic anyway. I'm not one of those people. I'm just someone who is very cautious about everything that's going on. And I mm-hmm. understand that everyone has a plan, and unfortunately plans fall through, and this just happens to be a situation where the plan went a little bit more left than what they expected. Because, of course, they expect the players to test positive. I don't know if they expected this many to, to do it. And I don't know if they have a provision, like I said before, for a better team, and I'm doing that in air quotes, to have a similar situation happen and what the alternative to that would be. But yeah, all, right. all I'm going to say is just sit back and wait and twiddle your thumbs because <laughs> I don't doubt it happening. There's some people who believe that, oddly enough, during um, uh, uh, their training period, that the Miami mm-hmm. players or a Miami player 
quoted from one of the Atlanta Braves players, one of the, the catchers from Atlanta that had it, and he that's how it spread in Miami. If that is the case, <sighs> but once again, that's all conspiracy theory, and you know, I don't, I don't like to necessarily dabble in that often as it uh, pertains to fact. But they're the Marlins; they tend to fuck shit up. So I'm not yeah, giving yeah. them too much credit. So you know, <laughs> they, that's just, that's what they are. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I, I just I just don't know. I, I think they're gonna be fine. I think baseball. I mean, it's hard to police the baseball because they're still traveling, even though they're they're like regional. They regionalized everybody, right? The Cuban side, the decisions the same, but they're regionalizing the schedules. Like for example, uh-huh. the Reds opening schedule, well, opening series came against the Tigers. You know, Tigers uh-huh. obviously in the American League, right? So at least that's good to minimize the, the length of travel. You know, plus the nylon fans. So I think this could be. A case study for the NFL, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, if they could see how, because the baseball players are still traveling. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if, it, if the NFL could admonish that, see how it works out for them, that could do it. Too. Even though we can have a podcast about this next week, really. I mean, I think the challenges would be much higher in the NFL just because of the size of the rosters and, 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 and coaches. So, yeah. that's in there for stuff. But we could talk about that next week, but that would be a huge concern for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think baseball is doing it right with the regionalized scheduling. I, I think I didn't think they'll be able to pull it off, but they have been. And mm-hmm. you know, we're just monitoring the test, the testing. But I'm, I'm just I'm just glad that baseball is back. And even though they're bad play in front of these fans, you know, I, I'm just glad it's back. But I will say one more thing before we close the segment. You mentioned this. Through Speedy Radio, I love you know. I wasn't I wasn't mad at what that Kelly guy or the Dodgers did in plunking uh, Correa last year. I thought it was hilarious, especially when <laughs> he just blew a kiss like that did a pouty face to him as he struck him out. That was classically awesome. I was laughing my ass off, but of course, chicken shape Manfred. Um, Rob, Rob uh, Manfred, the uh, commissioner, he decided to suspend Kelly for eight games. And I, I don't think that, that Correa get any any game, maybe one or two games. Did he even get that? Yeah, I, don't I think haven't he got heard yet. Mostly, I think he got maybe one or two games. That's the most. Okay. But even though he started it when he came to him, but my thing is, I mean, plus Kelly was going after pick, going after hitters, be batters, be be uh, like before Correa. Because remember, like he 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 um he almost got the guy before him, and then he really went at Correa. He threw out his head, and I'm like, damn! I mean, Peter at his head. You had a duck, and so I mean, look, I I don't condone going out to people's heads because no, that's that's God, no. threatening and and life threatening. That's mm-hmm. rhythm, but that's life threatening. I don't condone that. But them and Daddy Astros, they cheated. They possibly <laughs> cheated the Dodgers out of the World Series, which is probably why they were pissed off with them in the first place. I didn't think That's about exactly that. That's exactly why they pissed off they, at them, yeah. Yeah, so they cost them World Series. Hell, they cost my Yankees trips to the World Series themselves, you cheating-ass motherfuckers. So, you know, I don't have any. <laughs> fuck 
fuck them. I don't give a damn about the Astros. I mean, fuck them. <laughs> they, they cheated. And they got away with it. They're the New England Patriots of the MLBs. Fuck them. But the point is, is that they cheated. And you know what? They, they, you know what got a group? They got a huge reprieve because there are no fans. So yeah. can you imagine if the if the if the, if the Astros traveling to stadium at the stadium, ballpark at the ballpark rather, and have fans just boo the shit out of them, and rightfully and deservedly so, that would have been huge. I think the I think under those circumstances, I don't think the, the Astros have done but so well this year. But since they took they took the fans out of it, they, that take that's one huge burden they'll have to worry about. So of course that means the Astros will probably get over again and win the division and. <laughs> By the way, it should be but anyway, but so it's not just the fact that the fans aren't there, but the fact that the fans aren't there, and the season and pushed back to to start in July, because had it been a right. March start like traditional, and the, the fans were there, oh, they would catch all the hell that they were it was expected for them to catch. But the fact that right. you know we've had so much happen, not only within the world. But within the sports world, you know, a lot of it has been rele- relegated back a lot further than what people want to remember until situations like this pop up and it reminds people, oh, yeah, that's right, the Astros. So, yeah. So, to quote Dave, Dave Chappelle, when it comes to the Astros, fuck them. That's what I think. So, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Scores of the NBA, less, uh, less, uh, uh, far less uh, 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 city, like insidious stuff. Um, the NBA will be back. Regular season will be back next. Uh, well, actually, tomorrow night. Tomorrow I'm night. Excited about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about it on TNT. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, not too many cases. I think they've they've done a great job. With, with with containing any infections with the bubble, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that. So who do you think? So uh, to me, the crowd again is going to be different. There'll be no crowd. Um, it's going to be like pretty much a a, a, a a live scrimmage, if you will. It'll be, it'll be for real. But you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be weird. It's like it's going to be like AAU, basically. Uh, just like 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 AAU typically has some some. Parents in the crowd as fans, but they don't—they won't have any fans other than mm-hmm. maybe training staff or whatnot. Um, what was going to say? So, but it's going to be interesting. So, with this shortened season, first of all, they're going to have the shortened regular season. They're trying to get Zion Williams in the playoffs so bad. It's funny, um, <laughs> but I still think it's going to come down between the LA teams, Milwaukee. Boston and Toronto mm-hmm. as the dark. So maybe Houston has another dark horse too. But uh, I, I think, man, I'm impressed with Toronto to do this without Kawhi. I mean, still being essentially the same place they were in last season where they finished the top, as the number two seed mm-hmm. behind Milwaukee, and, and for them to still do it this year. If Nick Nurse can get the coach of the year for the second straight year, something's wrong. I mean, there's something totally. I mean, at one point, the, the Raptors were on a 14 game winning streak before the All Star break. Yeah. Plus, I got. A, I also like. I picked Boston because I love the team chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be wide open in, in, in the East. So in general, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be hell of fun. It's going to be very very fun. But who so so but who do you who do you have like who do you think is going to come out in like in the championship and then the NBA finals? Right? Who do you think is going to come out the West? Who do you think is going to come out the East? Well, before I get to that, real quick, um, I don't know. Have you? Well, did you get a chance to watch the basketball tournament or TBT uh, last or earlier this month? I watched a couple yeah. of those games. I didn't watch a lot of them. I swear, the NBA has found a way to bite the TBT once again and, and, and mm-hmm. put an NBA twist to it. The reason why I say that, for those who aren't familiar with the basketball tournament or TBT, I forget what that rule is. But the the same rule that the NBA used during the All Star game in the fourth yeah, quarter, yeah, that that whole you know played to a certain point number, that rule, right? It's time. It's not time. It's not time quarter. Yeah, it's not time quarter. It's made famous, or not as famous, by the TBT. They've been doing it their entire time. And the NBA was like, whoa, this is something that a lot of people don't know about. Hmm, we need to spice up our all-star game. Why not? So that was something they used, and everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. Now, another thing that they use that TBT has done has been basically the entire layout of the bubble. You know, but the thing is they're doing it at with the NBA, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, with NBA money, they're doing it with NBA money. So the electronic board that they have play, uh, playing in the background, behind the benches. Oh, I love it! I love it! I wish hockey could do something similar or would do something similar because it would visually, in my opinion, be great. Because what it does is it highlights the team that's supposed to be the home team. Like I was watching the Memphis-Houston game, and in the background it said Memphis versus everybody, and then it like whenever someone from Memphis would score a bucket, they would have like their name up there or whatever on on the board. Fantastic idea. So it 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 made it feel like you were still in Memphis without the fans being there. And then the way that the DJ was playing the music made it seem like the DJ was favoring the home team and all kinds of stuff. But with all of that said, to answer your question, of course everyone's going to feel like the top three teams in each conference is the favorite, being Milwaukee, Boston, and who is the number three? And Toronto in the east, Lakers, Clippers, Rockets in the west. And I wouldn't be too shocked. If it wasn't, uh, I, I would be highly shocked if it wasn't one of three uh, those three teams in both conferences. With that said, though, being with this COVID-19 and the fact that all it takes is one sickness at the wrong time to hit somebody, anybody can sneak up in there. But if I right. was to have to pick a dark horse out of those three organizations from each conference, it would be <laughs> – the Miami Heat out of the East because them wow. were plucky all season long. 
and they played hard against the best teams in the conference. And and they, they mm-hmm. have a good chemistry. And something about Jimmy Butler, man, every time I tend to doubt, doubt him, ever since he left Chicago, every time I, I tend to doubt him, he proves me wrong. He proved me wrong when he went to Philly. They were basically a missed three-point shot away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals that year against Toronto. Yep. Yep. And he went to Miami and is doing it again with a different cast of guys. So, you know, I'm, you know, so I, I'm looking at them. And then the one team, Scott, I said this before the season started. And you talked yep. at me when I said it. And now people are starting to see the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Yep. Porzingis. True. Your, your boy, uh, Luca. Yeah, My Luca. God. Love Luca. As young as they are, you know, they, they, they are highly talented too. And I like Utah as well, but it's something about Dallas. Dallas and, 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 and Miami, those are my dark horses to come out of their respective conferences. But I'm like you, yeah, it could be either one of the top three teams. And then to your point about Zion getting the playoffs, that whole thing of the eighth seed has to be ahead of the ninth seed by four games. And if it's less than four games, then they got that whole play-in series between eight and a nine. That's the way that you get Zion in there. It's that eight-nine right. situation. And right. there's so much movement that can actually happen in both conferences. But, yeah, that whole 8-9 situation, we kind of discussed it on CZ Sports a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm looking for Zion and, and, the, and the Pelicans to somehow play their way into that 8-9 situation. I really am. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I would love to see John Morant throw in there. I would love to yeah. see John Morant in the playoffs. Uh, that dude is a killer. He's a, he's gonna be. He's a, I didn't see that coming. That dude, dude is too nice. Um, oh. But to your point, New Orleans is just much more talented as a team in Memphis. But it goes to show how good John Morant is to have him in the eighth spot currently. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, as a especially like a one man band. Um, but I would love to see that though. Man, that series though at eight. Not between Memphis and and uh, New Orleans, I would love to see it. One and two going yeah, oh, at it, and it's going to come down to it. We all know it's going to come down to down between those two squads, like maybe a one game playoff or something. I don't know. I don't know how 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 they're going to do it. Um, oh, the nine seed has to win two times in order to eliminate okay. the eight seed. The eight seed, all they have to do is win once. Oh, okay, gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Like a modified best of three. Okay, I I, I can do it. Um, I still think I, I like Boston. I picked Boston before the season started. Mm-hmm. I still like Boston to come out the East, but because I'm not I'm not ready to cry Milwaukee. They have to prove it to me because uh, the coach Bodenholzer, he's a hell of a coach. He coached well in Atlanta, but similar to Milwaukee right now, they can never go over the hump in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Outstanding out regular season in both Atlanta and, and, and Milwaukee. He's a damn good coach. 
uh, hell, my, my Knicks with me, someone like uh, like him. We'll get to our coach hire in a minute. Until Milwaukee shows me that they can get over that hump, I can't pick. I, I got to pick against them. So I like Boston and Toronto, but I'm keeping my eye out on the Heat. Again, I damn Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Something about him. And plus, they're well coached with, 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 with Mark Spostra, too. Yeah. They're well, I mean, the, the man can't coach. He can coach. So, yeah, I keep an eye on those boys. I mean, they are the true dark horse. The two dark, dark horses. But I think it's going to come down between Toronto and and, and Boston. But I, I, I like Boston. I, I, I like Boston in, in this case. Uh, and, and I think the way it's up right now, the seating were to hold, Boston and Toronto will face off in the second round, the Eastern Conference semifinals. So whoever comes out of that series will more than likely go back to the will, – will, will actually more than likely go to the finals. Because I think out of those two can take up can take up Milwaukee. Hell, I think the Heat as a four seed, if they, if they once they get to the uh, semifinals, conference semifinals, they can take up Milwaukee. I really like the Heat. I really do. Um, but as for the West, I still think it's going to come down between the two LA teams. But you got to keep an eye out on Houston because Houston's the sixth seed. If the if the Clippers fuck around. And slide to the third seed with that low management bullshit. They're gonna have to face Houston <laughs> in the first round, and I don't think they want to face Houston in the first round. That's just because no. Houston, you got that backcourt of James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They're gonna take a fair pound of flesh out of you in the seven. Now I don't know if they're gonna do seven game series in the first round or not. I hope they do best of five, to be honest with you. But nevertheless. I, 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 that's a tough matchup for anyone in the first round mm-hmm. to face Houston. And look, I know Houston's tallest player is like six five, but still, that backcourt with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I don't want to mess with those cats that early. No. Not at, so the Clippers better get this shit together and not mess around and draw them in the first round. But I still think it's going to be out of the Lakers and the Clippers in the West. Speaking of the Clippers, I don't know about you, but I'm not mad at Lou Williams. <laughs> you know, Lou Williams, those, I'm not mad at him. Because, listen, 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 hear me out. Um, I wrote, a, I wrote, a, I wrote a, 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 rant, a blog rant today, or was, it, or was it yesterday, about why I'm not mad at Lou Williams. I mean, look, we, he, had, he had, first of all, it was an excused absence. Let's get it out there. It was an excused absence. He ran it by Dr. Rivers about going to a friend of his, one of his best friend's dad's funeral. Yeah. Apparently, they were pretty close. He wanted to pay uh-huh. his respects. It's from outside Atlanta. I forgot where outside of Atlanta. Um, you know, may, like, it's like somewhere out in the burns. I think past, past uh, Lawrenceville. But that's, that's, that's Lou Williams' ne- uh, neck of the woods. So he goes home, goes to the funeral, and decides, you know what? I'm hungry. So you know what he does? He went to not only where they have, they, they where, where they where they apparently had the best wings, have a meal named after him because it's his favorite place. He went to Magic City. For those of you who don't know who Magic City is, it's the premier strip joint in the East Coast, if not in all of America. Looking at the website again the other night. Looking at that town like woo wee, woo wee. 
I got to say why brothers and some women will have to go frequent Magic City. As a matter of fact, anyone who's been to Atlanta can tell you, or never Atlanta will tell you, if you visit Atlanta, you've now around your woman, or, or if your woman's real cool with it, go by Magic City while you're down. <laughs> go by Magic City. And plus, I heard, that, and plus they say the wings are fire. They're straight that's fire. The food is great. I mean, that's odd for a strip club to have great food, but apparently they do. Looking at the menus, I'm like, look at those wings. So, um, but look, I'm, I'm not, look, Rue Williams was wrong. He was wrong because he could have uh, ex- potentially exposed his teammates to bubble, potentially, if he came in contact with the stripper, one of those strippers, and come down with COVID. Now, again, I, he was wrong, and Lou Williams himself, he was, and he's wrong also for uh, uh, um, for doubling down on it against what, uh, especially when he came back at Kendrick Perkins after he criticized him on Twitter. But them, I understand. I understand, Lou. I understand, man. Because if you've seen those pictures, of the food that they had to eat in the bubble, that airplane-like crappy food, those. Comp- Small compartmentalized uh, Tupperware food. You want to get the hell out of the bubble too and get some real food. Let me just say a quick story before I let you elaborate. Um, <laughs> when I used to work at, at Deloitte, when, when I worked for Deloitte, you know, I used to travel back quite a bit, especially when I moved back here to Cincinnati, Ohio. So this one particular uh, project I was on in Newark, New Jersey. It, it basically, uh, uh, um, um, they would give us sandwiches for lunch and if we stay late for dinner. And so you could well imagine, anyone who knows, sandwiches get old after two days. <laughs> if you have them for two days straight. It gets old quickly. I love sandwiches, but they can get old quick. All those damn carbs, I want to have something else. So we would find a way to get outside the building <clears throat> And get some food, and you got to a point where the people there who manage the project just, just didn't give a damn. They're like, look, just go do you, just come back. So I say that to say this. I've been in a similar situation. I'll be as stringent as the bubble. So I understand, Lou. Again, you're wrong, Lou. You're wrong, you're wrong sweet Lou. But <laughs> I'm not mad at you. And one more thing about that, the camp eye. You heard about the camp, what the camp eyes are, right? The, uh, like the where, No, not the slit slide, but the camp eyes. Like, basically, no, camp I, eyes are, if you are at a summer camp, for example, uh-huh. this is, we, I think we've both been to summer camp. So if you go to a summer camp, if you were there for a longer period of time, the girls who are normally ones and twos will start to look like <laughs> 10 points. <laughs> Camp eyes. Oh, okay. That's so what camp, camp eyes. Now I, now I get it. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> look, all those dudes in the bubble and no women down there aside from maybe the reporters and maybe assistant coaches in some cases. You go, I mean, plus those NBA players, let's be real. They get cooch. They see coochie as often as homeowners see their, 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 their front yards every day. <laughs> so they want to they want to just get a piece of ass. They want a piece of ass. So why not? Again, Lou Williams, you're wrong. 
for for potentially putting yourself at risk with COVID from from being around those strippers and eating those good ass wings, and you're wrong for doubling down on it. But I understand. Now I ain't mad at it. Yours, yours, I will say this. Oh my God. Um, as, as many um, African American um, cultural establishments that I've been to in my day, um, unfortunately, I have not been to uh, Magic City as of yet. Um, but I have been to uh, one of its counterparts in 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 Atlanta, the Blue Flame. Um, oddly enough. I've I've heard that the wings in these establishments um, in Atlanta are pretty good. Now, I don't know if if I'm one to consume any type of food inside of a strip club. That's that's just me. Um, I've seen many places that do it, been to several places where they they do it. There's a spot here that is notorious in, in the district called Camelot, where a lot of uh, local uh, sports uh, celebs have have frequented that I know used to serve salad there. I don't know if I'm eating a salad from a strip club. That's another thing, too. But, um, yeah, his excuse for for getting them, well, for going to Magic City, of course, because the wings are that good, he wants to go ahead and take advantage. There's a way to do that, though, by not going inside. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, I like your boy that, that called him out, that took the picture with him, and then took it off of Instagram and was like, that was a memory, that wasn't nothing recent, blah, blah, blah. Good try, though, player. Good try. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Lou, you didn't yeah. have to go inside, man. My would have beat his ass. He rather him out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we would have had to have um, a conversation with my sis as well. But, I'm like, yo, come on, Lou. You know eyes are on you. You know eyes are on you. You are too valuable to your team to get put into that type right. of situation. That and, 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 and now they got a, a, a snitch line, a snitch line in the NBA bubble just in case <laughs> if someone sees someone doing something they're not supposed to do that you could call in without being identified and, and – Say what the issue is, you know sooner or later somebody from these upper tier organizations are going to get snitched on, even if it's not true. So, yeah, you got to protect your neck more than what you would want to, man. Just don't put yourself in that situation, Lou. My God. But once again, I understand, man. You know, you want to go ahead and get you a peek and, and, and get you some, some dope wings while you're at it, man. Do but there's a way to do it without going inside of the establishment, man. Come on, man. I know. That's, again, I understand. He's dead ass wrong. But, again, I understand. I understand. It. Exactly. Like Chris Rock said, it's wrong, but I understand. But I He's understand. Like, no, like this. I understand. Right. I understand. <laughs> so, yeah. I, just, I mean, he's, we've always been suspended for 10 games. He's going to be in quarantine the full 10 games. The full 10, not 10 games. It's going to amount to, it will be 10 days where we'll amount to the first two games. Yeah. Of the restart. Mm-hmm. And one of those games will come to the Lakers. 
So, and I, even though we both know, and I think most people know, that they that they will not catch the Lakers. But I mean, no. not, yeah, they it's, won't. It's catch going to take a whole right. lot for them to catch the Lakers. Will have to lose every game for them to get caught. Right. Right. Exactly. But still, you got to have Lou. Lou Williams is one of their guys. He's one of the top yeah. scores. He's their, he's their close, even though he's a sixth man. He's their closer. So, yeah. And he's their lead. So, because Paul George, he's he's a lead by example guy, as, as is uh, Kawhi Leonard. They're both lead uh-huh. by example guys. They're not boisterous. They're both take pride in the defense, but they're not too boisterous. But still, the point being is that Lou Williams is such a huge focal point of offense. And, you know, with guys like him and Matrez, Harold, like, has a, he has an excuse after his look. I mean, his, his was legit. But he has to be quarantined for four days, so I think he won't be missing the games. But still, they, they the, 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 the Clippers better get their shit together and not drop and find themselves in the third seed having to, to face um, uh, 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 the likes of the Rockets. But anyway, keeping with the NBA, from playoff teams, to a sorry-ass squad, my New York Knicks. Hired Tom <laughs> Thibodeau earlier this week. Thibodeau can coach. He coached well in Chicago. Didn't have much of a chance in Minnesota because, let's face it, Cardinals the Towns and Andrew Wiggins are both soft. And you can't win. You can't build around them. You can't win with them. They're just too soft. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the truth. Ask, ask, Jimmy, ask, ask Jimmy Butler. He'll tell you that. They're just both soft. They're, they're charming. The team's charming, and you know, which is why one of them got traded away last season, and Wiggins, well, this was for like right before this season started, Wiggins, and Carter Towns just standing there on his own, like wondering, okay, when am I going to win something? But and and, and plus, Thibodeau did lead him to the playoffs. But the thing with Thibodeau in Minnesota was he was a coach and a general manager and the executive, and usually, when you like pretty much don't answer. To anyone except the, the owner, you pretty much hamstring yourself as a coach when you because because you don't you find yourself not being able to pick the players because you focus not to focus on talent or pick the players because you you uh because you're so focused on on coaching which is hard to do in basketball. So so um uh, at any rate, so I I think he'll work he'll do okay in New York five years twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just wondering, why the hell can't anyone hire Mark Jackson? Mark <sighs> Jackson, I mean, Mark Jackson was the natural for my Knicks. I mean, he played it. He's from New York area. He's from he's New from, York. He's from New York. He went to St. John's. He played for the mm-hmm. Knicks as a rookie. One rookie of the year. I don't know who did what. I don't know what Mark Jackson did to anybody in Golden State. I don't know if he pissed at anybody cereal. I don't know if he screwed some dude's wife or something, the owner's wife. I don't know what he did. But to him, for him not to not only not get a job, not even get not a, even get a damn interview. Not yeah. even get a damn interview. I mean, Tom Thibodeau has more job has more jobs than Rod Jackson has had interviews. That's uh-huh. not right. That's not right. So again, Thibodeau can coach. I'm happy we didn't have we have another tomato can to the, it, like like similar to the likes of Derek Fisher and his woman still in the ass, but 
I would have been happy with you know what, man. I would have been happy with 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 with, with, with Woodson because he was the last guy to take Mike Woodson. to the playoffs. Yeah, Mike Woodson and win some games, but fifty four games actually. So I just I'm just I, I I'm wondering when people will stop doing will start doing right by Mark Jackson. That's all. I, yep. that's, that's all I have. I don't understand why Mark Jackson is a pariah either. I really don't. Yeah, whatever happened in Golden State has ruined <laughs> this dude's career for right now, man. Um, yeah, it's not. I remember, right. and, and it's not. I, I, I know when, um, before Scott Brooks was hired here for the Wizards, I was hoping that Mark Jackson would be a um, a candidate here as, as a uh a head coach a possibility, especially after uh, they lost um, Sam Cassell to go out west with Doc Rivers to be an assistant. Um, but it, it never came to be. You know, Mark Jackson, the East Coast guy, former point guard. Right. You know, the, the, the guy right. that we were building the organization around, John Wall, also a point guard, someone that he could relate to. Um but it just never came to. And whenever an, another position pops up, he is never talked about in discussion. And it just sad to me that that is the case, man, because he can coach on the NBA level. As much as I love hearing him tell the stories during commentary, I would also like Mama to see him. That man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, but and I would equally like to see him have an opportunity to become a head coach in the NBA again. It it just boggles my mind. It really does. But to um, to your point with Thibodeau, um, he he is a good coach. Um, He has been able to perform well, coach well with um, with, with low level. I I shouldn't call them low level talent because they're not. With with, with lesser, I'll go ahead and say lesser. Um, The thing is, though, you still have James Nolan as the owner. You know, whoever the GM is, yeah. he's still there. You know, you got to hope they're capable of, of, of bringing in. Um, and, and the thing is, when it came out that both Durant and LeBron had thought about going to New York but changed their minds, uh, allegedly, um, something has to change there in order for them to become a draw. If not, they're going to have to continuously draft well and not only just draft well, but keep talent there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out within the time there. But one of the things I will say, Tom, make sure you stay out of those African-American performance arts centers that happen to serve great wings in the New York area because we don't want you in trouble up there either. Oh, boy. That's so – you're funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's 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 pretty awesome. But again, Tibbs can coach, but I want Mark Jackson. That's all. But that's Mark Jackson. I mean, better than Jason. Jackson. Better than him than Jason Kidd, though. Yeah. So better than him than Jason Kidd. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Moving right along. Um, so that takes us to the last segment of our program. We talk about. And I thought about this from I don't know if you from what, I don't know if you caught this podcast, but the I Am Athlete podcast. It's it's, okay. it's, it's on YouTube. 
It's a YouTube channel. It's basically stars. Um, it's from the House of Athletes. If, so if you want to go to House of Athletes, look at House of Athletes, Google them on the web. It basically has, like, former pro athletes, like, training with other athletes and whatnot. It's actually a pretty, pretty cool thing. But they have a I Am Athlete podcast that's with Reggie Wayne, well, Brandon Marshall, Reggie Wayne, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. And okay. they touch upon topics. Um, they have like they talk about they talk about Cam Newton's comeback, Patrick Mahomes' contract, the the like the I am they changed the name of a few series to I am black when you talked about the the protest of the George Floyd's murder. They uh-huh. actually have the white perspective show, which is pretty interesting. The the Ahmaud Arbery case, um, and but a, a, a variety of subjects that they, that they touch upon COVID and the college athlete. Um, okay. It's very good. It's pretty good. It's very entertaining because they're pretty, especially Tenny Crowder. He he's laugh out loud funny. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but 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 I appreciate the inside of all four of the athletes, and it kind of makes you remember how good these these football players were, particularly like particularly Fred Taylor and Reggie Wayne. Fred Taylor, how good they yes. were. Yes. Uh huh. I mean, I'm a Steelers. You know, I'm a Steelers fan, so I have still have nightmares. Fred Taylor as a Jacksonville Jaguar just running all over ass. Yeah. I still have nightmares. That dude was a beast. He'll get a Hall of Fame one of these days. That's Will Reggie Wayne. Um, but anyway, they their subject, the touch on the subject, which has been picking up steam, is the seeing student athletes, high school students like blue chippers, either picking or considering HBCUs over Power Five schools, mm-hmm. and it was a big. The last podcast episode touched upon that. It was kind of a, even though they're they're kind of on the same side. It was turned turned out to be it looked like an argument in a debate, but they were on the same side. Um, with uh, with uh, Channing Crowder and uh, this, this, this this sister who works for the NFL, who's a Hampton grad. Her first name is Essay. I forget her last name, but anyway. Um, they taught. They debated about like why student athletes should or should not choose HBCUs of a Power Five school. Jenna Crowder, who's a Florida University of Florida grad, says you choose the money over legacy, or money over the movement. Like asking a 17-year-old to choose that exposure over the over the culture of the movement, and then that's mm-hmm. arguing otherwise. You know why not? Why not? Why not start a trend and have all the blue chippers, football and basketball, consider HBCUs because hey, money's going to go where the top talent is, and I agree. Mm-hmm. With that. So what? So I, I know that you you hadn't probably hadn't seen it, and yeah, I know you're going to go back and watch it. You're going to be like, wow, and, oh, most and everything is, is yeah. I mean, it's really good. So give me without see. I know yet without seeing it, and I know we're both HBCU products, but give me your thought as an HBCU graduate in North Carolina A&T, Aggie Price, mm-hmm. Aggie Sue, um, give me your thoughts on that, of why of, of student athletes choose HBCUs or consider HBCUs more so these days on Power 5, and do you consider this a, a trend? Now, um, that you bring this up, because I just recently wrote an article for HBCUsports.com about this very subject matter, but more so it was a 
a, a, a read that that was directed towards parents because okay. um I don't know if you're familiar with the rapper Gilly the Kid or no. not. Okay, no, um uh quick synopsis from Gilly Gilly's from um Philadelphia. Um most notably uh, uh, uh alleged that he was responsible for a lot of the hits uh from Cash Money Records in their early stages um for all of their acts and ended up becoming a solo act. Um not necessarily overly known, but he's uh, huge in Philly. And, and those in that region, but you know, he's turned and parlayed that fame into doing a podcast with Barstool Sports. And just oh. recently, what's that? I said, oh, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I was shocked to see that to learn that he parlayed that into a podcast of Barstool Sports of all places. But go ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, so, this yeah, so shot. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he has that that podcast with Barstool, and they were commenting on McCore Maker making the decision to go to Howard, and you know, during this particular segment, Gilly's talking about how if it was his child, how he wouldn't send his child to an HBCU in that same situation, and he basically said the same thing that that Cutter said. You know, is that whole decision of choosing uh, uh, the security of your family's future versus becoming um, a trailblazer in that situation, um, and also bringing up the excuse. His main uh, 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 point on not sending his child to an HBCU is due to lack of exposure. Now, yeah, I've been. Right. A, a staunch supporter of it don't matter where you play, the scouts will find you. I've said it. Right. I've heard other athletes say it. I've heard scouts Shannon say Sharp. it to me. I've heard, I've heard Shannon Shop say it. Scouts, pro scouts have said it to me. So these are, I've, I've heard it said before. Um, and it's more so, in my opinion, and, and I wrote this in the article, it's more so prevalent in the NBA than it is the NFL, and, and, and it's really because if, if you look at what happened within this past um, NFL draft, unfortunately, um, I'm learning that NFL scouts and GMs are, are, are very comfortable with what they know. Know you, they won't take a chance on you. And the thing is, for a lot of them, especially the GMs, they won't get a chance to know you unless they have an opportunity to meet you in situations where it's kind of like NFL related because a lot of these GMs won't go to the college games. The scouts will go, but the GMs won't. So when you, when you don't have a combine for them to go to or, or, or they're not invited to a combine, they don't get that opportunity. And because of that lack of, of, of having something like that for these GMs to meet them in person and talk to them and get to know them. They don't get drafted. And the numbers bared itself that way this past NFL draft when you only had seven non-FBS uh, guys get drafted in the entire draft. 
when that number is a lot was at least three times as much in a regular year. Talking about the NBA, you don't need as much exposure. These NBA scouts know who these guys are when they're freshmen in the high school. In some cases, when they're eighth graders, if they're good enough. But they most definitely hit the radar when they're freshmen in the high school. So when you're already on a pro scout's radar, in my personal opinion, what you do once you graduate high school, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant, but the exposure is irrelevant because the scouts will still follow you, and they'll find out what you're going to do. The, the exposure is not for them, if, you, if you're asking me. The exposure is for the fan, if you're asking me, because these scouts somehow feel the exposure had to stop Luka Doncic from getting drafted in the top five. Right. Uh, lack of exposure didn't stop Porzingis from getting drafted in the top ten. It didn't stop Don Maker from getting drafted in the top ten. And it won't stop LaMelo Ball from getting stopped and getting drafted in the top three. These are all guys that, yes, they play international ball, but didn't get any U.S. coverage whatsoever. None at right. all. Lack of exposure didn't stop uh, 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 Kobe from getting drafted. Lack of exposure didn't stop uh, uh, uh uh, 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 Kevin Garnett from getting drafted. They knew Correct. who these guys were. They don't. It don't matter Correct. what size gym you play in. And that was the thing that Gilly the Kid said. Dwayne Wade said the same thing, and, and on on um, the arena last week, where he basically plays the move, but questioned the move at the same time by asking, you know, what type of exposure will he get? Playing at the Burr or Burr Gymnasium, the home arena for uh, for Howard University, that seats less than three thousand people. Now, mind you, the Burr seats less, uh, what seven hundred people less than what would see Lamelo Ball play on a regular basis in Australia. Matter of fact, there's six gyms in the MIAC that seat more than what went to go see LaMelo Ball play in Australia this past season. Mm. So lack of mm. exposure means absolutely nothing to me because the scouts right. know who these guys are. or They know who Mikey Williams is. Oh, yeah, right. sure do. Mikey Williams is what, a sophomore in high school? Sophomore, he's what a sophomore, correct. He's a sophomore high school what type of TV exposure is this dude getting other than highlights? None. Right. So to say that he's right. – because right. he's not playing in an, in an arena that holds fifteen to 20,000 and he ain't getting no exposure, he's getting exposure now. Barney James, getting exposure now. Zaire right. Wade, getting exposure now. These dudes are getting exposures, and they're not playing in big gyms. Now, yes, the last three guys that I named are really getting exposure because of what they're – for the last two guys because of what their last name is. Yes. Right, correct. And they're good. And they just – Nick and Ball, too. And, they, and they're good. It's not just that they're Ball, their last right. names, but they're good, Bernie too. James. Yes. Yeah. So, 
to, to say to me that exposure or lack thereof is going to hurt uh, 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 McClure is laughable to me because we see it all the time. It don't take exposure for a guy to get drafted in the top ten because every year I guarantee you someone gets drafted in the NBA and you're like, who? You right. have no idea who this is because what? No exposure. And I, I, that's why I, I scratch my head when it's only thrown at HBCUs. It's never thrown at a guy who's looking to get international exposure, international dude, when he's getting before he gets drafted. They don't ever say it about those guys, but they say it about the HBCU guys. And I only believe that that's the case because it is a deterrent. It's, it's used to, to, to keep these guys from going to HBCUs, to keep the talent away from these schools, to keep these universities and these conferences, hello, from reaping the benefits of having this great talent there. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. There's already great talent at these institutions that aren't five-star mm-hmm. athletes, but it is right. the five-star athlete that will draw the non-traditional HBCU fan to watch these athletes play at HBCUs because they already have that name recognition that will carry them over. But it, I, I, I always say it's sad that those that didn't know about Tariq Cohen before he was drafted at Chicago didn't get a chance to watch him play at A&T. But those that didn't know about uh, Jabbar Hargrave or about uh, uh, Darius Leonard didn't get a chance to watch right. him play itself before he, they got a chance to play in the NFL. You know? It, I, 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 third rounder. Well, Javon's third rounder, Darius is a second rounder. That was the second one thing that okay, was pulled out on, on Darius was, oh, my God, what is the level of competition that Darius played against? But the coach took the chance on him and drafted him in the second round. Boom. Coach White because he became – Defensive rookie player of the year that exactly. year. Because exactly. Because talent already exists at that level. Stop trying to go ahead and deter these kids who now are starting to become socially aware because of everything that's right. going on and are starting to look yeah. at HBCUs as a possibility. When I saw McCord talk about Howard, he was beaming with pride, he was happy that he was going mm. to Howard. And it was funny because one of the reasons why he was proud that he was going to Howard is because it's the home of the, the Black Panther. When he said Chadwick Bozeman and he started beaming with pride, I was like, yo, this dude is happy that he's going to the to the same school that, that T'Challa went to. But he also <laughs> understands but he also understands heritage as it pertains to the Howard University and what they mean within the black community. And the fact that he was capable of doing the interview that he did with ESPN on Sudan's Independence Day spoke volumes of how smart this kid is. Mm. And, and then also the fact that, you know, you, know that. you already have Mikey Williams with five HBCUs in his top ten and uh, in options for him to go to when he decides to, to, um, to make his choice. And the fact that you have a lot of these guys that are transferring from PWIs going to HBCUs now, 
these kids know what's up. The thing is, though, Scott, change isn't something that's new. It's been happening slowly, though, in the past, and more so because these kids are going to PWIs, figuring out that it's not for them, and then learning that HBCUs is a place for them that makes them feel comfortable. And I'll end this by saying this. I don't care where you end up going to, 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 to further your uh, career as an athlete. It could be a PWI. It could be an HBCU. But, yes, know that I am an advocate for HBCU. And I don't care if you go to D1, D2, NAIA, but go where you feel comfortable, dog. Go where you feel right. comfortable. And don't let that excuse of exposure hinder you from doing just that. Because if anything, right. you're playing for you. Right, Boogie exactly. Boogie, Boogie Cousins is regretting that choice. The yep. Fab Five. Yes, the Fab Five has come out and said that they've had conversations when they were at Michigan. And they went to oh, hell at Michigan. Yes. They went to Can hell of the big corners. You know, just, just think about it. Just think about what they could have been going through while they were at Michigan for them to say, Hey, dog, what if we went to an HBCU? Yeah. My thing was this. Oh, While I was at a t yes, yes. But my thing was, when I was at a t things weren't bad for me in that aspect. I never was at okay. A&T and was like, hey, dog, I wish I would have went someplace else. No, <clears throat> because I liked where I was, and I felt comfortable right. where I was. They had to have felt uncomfortable where they were at Michigan to have them think, hey, what if we went to an HBCU? Right. And I've right. heard HBCU coaches say it all the time. They have players that come to them and say, hey, I don't like why I'm at in such and such city. I want to check out your campus to see what it's like. And then they end up making mm-hmm. that job. I so. believe them. Especially with the likes, the likes of um, – um, What's the name of the coach at Central, basketball coach at Central? His name is Oh, um, LaBelle Moulton. Yeah, he's connected to a lot of those players, those D1 players. Yes. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I told you a story about a while back about him and Raymond Felder getting pulled by that cop. And they thought yes. that, he, that, 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 that uh, he was a dope boy. But anyway, he's very well connected, as were a lot of Coaches on the on in football and basketball at HBCUs, they're just crazy connected. More so than what people could could imagine. I mean, I just think about this, man. Yes, they don't have the the, the money because maybe in HBCUs, generally speaking, because the top athletes go to PWIs, the Power Five schools. They got the fat TV contracts. They got the fat donors, the alumni. Mm-hmm. So I want to touch upon the alumni. In the sense that, okay, you got these young men considered HBCUs becoming more socially aware, but I think the universities and the donors and the alums have to give back. If they if you want these blue chippers, they're gonna look at shit that don't even matter. That shouldn't matter, like facilities and uh, 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 perks and everything else, because a lot of these kids, these blue chippers, are looking to get to the next level. So. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, why don't the school and the donors and these alums of our illustrious HBCUs, why don't we give back more? Sure, some of us give back now, but I include myself in this. Give back more and ha- and hold the uh, the un- our universities accountable. Yes. To up their facilities. I mean, we. I mean, just look at what we're doing at we're doing the ANT. We have a brand new, not brand new, but we have a new, uh, new ish now. Yes. It looks fabulous. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks great. You know, being, being whenever I go back to North Carolina to visit family, I make sure to go by ANT, take my son, my ten year old son by ANT, and I see it, seen a change on the almost pretty much a year to year basis. I mean, seeing mm-hmm. a new workup facility. Seeing a brand new, a newish, uh, rather again, student center that looks fabulous. Oh, oh my like, God, damn. that student center is so beautiful. It's oh great. God, I'm so jealous. It's great. I mean, and they have, have a they have a new the, engineering the, building there as well now. Yes, yes, they do. They do. Exactly. I'm glad you said that. New education building, but still, focus on the students. Since we talk about students' life, the student center. They got mm-hmm. they got a Barnes Noble bookstore in there, a gift store, mm-hmm. gift shop. They got like uh, Chick Fil A and a bunch of other eateries. I think it's on the top floor. I forget where, but they have more of those in there now. Yes. And the and, and of course they and of course the football stadium. They improved that a lot. I'm glad they've improved. They've improved the Aggie Stadium um, with BB and T getting involved with it. So I'm happy about that too. It looks at more, more, more fabulous, in my opinion. Um, but even still. I mean, other other teams, I mean, uh, other schools, they need to do the same thing. They need to put the money that they get, especially those land-grant schools, use the money they get from the state and from alums and just reinvest it in the facilities, mm-hmm. particularly the athletic facilities. Because let's be real, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. Football and basketball. Those where the money, that's where, those sports where the money is. Or uh, so... I again, I don't know what they're going to do about the Corbett Center, so it's the basketball. But I mean, hell, they they need to do. I've been in, I haven't been in Corbett in several years, but they need Neither to have do. I. They need to. They need to do something to improve the basketball. Once they do that, AAT, we should be like the, the Aggies should be golden. But until then, they need to put start reinvesting money. They're doing that with some state. They're doing that at Central. They're doing that at FAMU. They're doing that at, I think they're doing that at Southern. They need to keep doing it. Because, again, if we want, if we, if HBCUs are serious of taking advantage of these kids, being socially aware and considering HBCUs, they got to, them, they got to do their part. The schools got to do their part. The yes. administrators have to do their part. They can't just assume and take for granted they're going to choose us just because. They got to do something. Period. That's what Clemson University does. That's what mm-hmm. Carolina does. That's what mm-hmm. UCLA does. That's what Notre mm-hmm. Dame does. That's mm-hmm. what Oklahoma does. That's what Texas does. That's what they do. They reinvest in the in this in the facilities in this in the athletic facilities. HBCUs, they they got to get on board, man. They got I'll to get on board to compete with what LSU and what. Alabama is doing because that is a exuberant. Right. You know, there are other power right. five yeah. teams that can't even do that. But right. to make in, improvements, 
is 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 a, a way to go. But these kids already, some, some of them understand, and, and McCore actually said it, you know, in, in his comments to Kerry Champion. You know, he was like, you know, once again, going back to, to LaMelo, the, the arena where he, he's playing that ain't much better than the Burr. What does the, 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 how good a facility, because that was just funny. Before McCore made his decision on social media with a couple of, with a couple of other HBCU sports writers where it was brought up that HBCUs need to do better as it pertains to their facilities. And it was said that, you know, you must not know about all of the HBCUs that have great facilities because there are a lot of them that do. Once again, it's not LSU, it's not Alabama because they don't have that money. But they do have great facilities. And for, for that mm-hmm. to, to, to have been said, and then McCore, in my eyes, to pick an institution that has, that has one of the smallest arenas in the MEAC over Memphis, over UCLA, over Kentucky, speaks volumes. Yep. And I think what Brandon Marshall said in the I Am Athlete, when they were talking about that subject, I think we want to see a shift. A lot of people don't see a shift. I think we're going to see a shift in that. And I agree with them when, when Brandon Marshall said that. Um, I, I think we're going to – it's just a new day, man. It's just the it George Floyd murder. A lot of these kids are becoming well aware. And you hear about stuff going on at, at different college campuses right now. Like the people at Iowa football program mistreating black, black athletes. This pertains to the football program. The deep defensive coordinator at West Virginia getting broken off because of saying some racially insensitive shit to players. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming out. More of that shit's coming out. You know, like like Clemson, like the Clemson alums, notably DeAndre Hopkins and uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, wanted to rename Calhoun Hall to somebody else. Calhoun being the slave owner, former mm-hmm. slave homer, owner of, and and not only that. The university, Clemson University, was built on Calhoun's plantation. Yeah. That's what the university is. So all that shit coming out, schools, well, I'll give them credit, good on Clemson University, all those other schools, Texas, renaming stuff, renaming buildings or whatnot uh, that were recently named after Confederates or just flower racists in the past and just being swept under the rug just because they felt that they, they, that they could get away with it. But you see all that coming out now, and you see, you notice these schools, they're not someone that knows that these, these, these players and, and no. alums, famous alums, because they know. If they mm-hmm. come to their nose at their, at their players, they're going to they're gonna leave. These mm-hmm. players have power because, hell, let's be real, those sports players and those sports, football and basketball in particular, they pay the bill. Yes, and they pay for those coaches' exorbitant salaries, making them most of the time the highest paid uh, uh, employee in the state employee in a particular mm-hmm. wherever particular state that they in, especially if it's a land grant school. So they know those folks out those PWIs know that if they fuck around with those young men and women, they're going to eventually lose them to HBCUs. They know yeah. that, and it's the money trail. Follow the money. Is that the money follows the talent? And I hope to God that 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 this kid 
It's going to uh, Howard he does, that he does well. I hope that the coaching staff prepares him well, develops him well, because let's be real, he's the scout ant. Uh-huh. Right? For those of you who are, who are familiar with animal life, ants, they send a scout ant before they send the whole army in. So if so this kid going to Howard, he's the scout ant. If he does sit well there, others will follow him. I guarantee you others will follow him. So, uh, and, and I heard that Bronny James, Bronny James has some HBCUs considering his top five or six or something like that. I think I read that somewhere. Or someone told oh, wow. Me. Yeah, I, so, I haven't seen Bronny's list yet, but there have been schools um, and A&T and, and Central are two that have thrown offers his way. That, that, you know that yeah. that will be interesting to see what decision he makes. Uh, but real quick, because yeah. um, I know that we're, we're about to wrap it up soon. Um, one, you talk about uh, money and the power as it pertains to HBCUs and their conferences, and how it'll be affected right. if these top tier athletes end up making the, the the jump. I'm gonna go ahead and post it on your page. It's a conversation um, with a panel. I, I I didn't see who the panel was 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 with. It, it, it recently right. appeared on the Revolt Network with the commissioner of the SEAC, which is the HBCU conference, um, Commissioner right. uh, Gregory Moore. He talks about that in detail. Oh, wonderful comments. I'm going to go ahead and post that on your, your, your Facebook page. But um, Please do. One of the things that, that um, you know, you, you did talk about was, was how uh, Lavelle Moton is, is starting to have a relationship with these kids. That's one of the things that these kids are starting to realize is that these coaches at HBCUs are great people and uh, mm-hmm. as well as being great coaches. So the Lavelle Moultons, right. the Will Joneses of A&T, the Mo Williams, formerly of the NBA, that's now at Alabama State. Um, yep. Uh, 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 Willie <laughs> Jeffries, that's down in Florida A&M football-wise. Um, they're they're uh, 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 Rod Reed over there at Tennessee State, they're learning that these coaches are uh, – uh, uh, Coach Joyner um, – God, I forget where Joyner is off the top of my head in the, in the CIAA, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. Um, so, yeah, there, 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 there are tons of great coaches at the HBCU level, and these kids are starting to realize that these are great men and these are guys. They're going to uh, guys and women that they're they're going to want to play for. So that that's that's something that having that being exposed to that, but it, it's something that they'll end up learning and then discovering before they make their decision. Stuff, man. As always, uh, we'll pick this up next week definitely. Uh, but which, this conversation is not over, brother. We're HBCUs and Power Five schools buying for these athletes now. They're becoming well aware, social aware, particularly basketball and football. So it's, this conversation is going to continue, brother. Uh, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. But I'm open for it, and, and I'm looking forward to that link, man. So please post it. Thank you as always, brother. You do the same. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. My co-host, please check him out on Sleazy Sports every Tuesday night on Facebook Live, as well as HP, uh, as well as the Yards at HC Sports, the rest of all things HBCU Sports. His, his contributions to HeroSports.com and uh, HBCUSports.com. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. This is Scott Birch with the Clown Hour signing off. As always, stay safe, wash your hands, stay your ass at home, 
wear their mask and oh six 